going to invite you at this time to take your Bible, if you have one, turn to Proverbs chapter 23, Proverbs 23, and uh, on Sunday nights as a church, we've been spending some time dealing with the issue of the Christian home, the family, and uh, the things that the Bible has to say about that, and in recent weeks have been discussing the issue of raising children for the glory of the Lord, and most importantly, trying to uh, help them to come to know the Lord and embrace the truths uh, that we hold so dear. And uh, in Proverbs 23, I'm going to let you remain seated tonight. We're going to read just one verse of Scripture here in Proverbs 23, but it's an important verse. I want you to notice in verse number 26 of Proverbs 23, here you have Solomon writing, speaking to his son, and he says this, My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. My son, give me thine heart. You know, as we look at this verse of scripture, I think this this is one of those that would be easy enough to just kind of pass over and not really spend much time meditating on. But if you do take some time to just consider that, here is a father who for the last 23 plus chapters has been writing to his son trying to admonish him and encourage him in the ways of wisdom trying to encourage him to embrace truth and to walk in wisdom and to seek after wisdom and he makes this statement it's really a plea to his son he says give me thine heart and you know as you consider that really the goal of parenting raising our children The goal of it is not simply to lead our kids into a place of compliance and outward obedience as much as it is to encourage them and to raise them in a way that they will embrace the truth and walk in truth. John said it this way, he said, and he wasn't speaking about his physical children, but he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And he was talking about people that he had invested in, uh, people that he had led to Christ and And just the knowledge that they were continuing to walk in truth, walk in obedience to the word of God, walk in fellowship with God. He said, I have no greater joy. There's nothing greater in life than to know that my investment in your lives has paid off. You're continuing to walk in truth. But how much more could that be said of our children that God has given to us to say, to know that when, you know, when they reach an age that they are old enough to make choices for themselves that they would choose to do right, and that they would choose to follow the Lord. And this is what we desire. Now, please understand that I'm not uh, advocating or I'm not saying here that outward obedience and outward compliance doesn't matter. That's one of the first things that we start teaching our children (laughs) from the time that they're just little, when they're infants and when they're toddlers, right? We we teach them to obey. Uh, you, You do this because I said to do this. You don't do that because I said not to. We try to teach our children to do right and to obey. But hopefully our parenting and the goal of our parenting doesn't end with simply do as I say. Because if that's as far as we get with our children... There's going to come a day in their lives where we don't have the influence that we have when they're little and they have to make choices for themselves and if they need to be willing to embrace that and to live that in their own lives. And so I want to just take a few minutes tonight and discuss the issue of the heart and what it means to have the hearts of our children 
And as we do, I want to just uh, take a moment and discuss the importance of the heart. And really, what is the heart? Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 4. When we we talk about the heart, when when the Bible talks about the heart, it's not talking about just that physical organ in our body that pumps our blood, right? We understand that. It's, It's a reference to our innermost being. It's a reference to the soul, the, the, in, in some sense, the soul uh, of a man. It's, it's, our, it's our thoughts. It's our, it's our attitudes. Uh, it's the place uh, where, where decisions are made. It's our heart. Uh, we express this at times with, with people. We'll, we'll say, I, I love you with all of my heart. We're not talking just the physical heart, obviously. We're talking about our being, who we are. And I want you to notice in Proverbs chapter 4... Verse number 23, there's this admonition given, again, from a father to a son. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The heart is the place where all of the other issues of life flow from. And so we could say it this way, the the words that come out of our mouth, they originate in the heart. Now we would say they originate in our mind. I I remember being told as a kid growing up, you know, you need to think before you speak. The words need to make it through your brain before they make it out of your mouth, you know, that kind of thing, right? We we think of the mind, the brain being the place where our thoughts and our actions originate. But the reality is that from a spiritual standpoint, it, it, it comes from the heart. And God says, because these things come from the heart, because the issues of life are out of the heart, the heart must be guarded. He said, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now let's go over to the book of Matthew in chapter number 15. Matthew chapter 15. And I want to just, again tonight, just a few minutes on this subject of of, uh, the home, the family. And I'm really trying to encourage parents tonight in our raising of our children, that we would be more focused on the heart of our children than anything else. That we are looking to get a hold of their hearts. Matthew chapter 15, verse number 16, it says, And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do ye not yet, or do not ye ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Now, what was the issue here? Jesus is dealing with the fact that He's being criticized because his disciples are washing or eating before they wash their hands, and this was a uh, this was against the tradition of the Jews. and And the idea was this: if you don't wash your hands before you eat, you're going to put things into your body that defile you. Now, that's a good practice in itself, isn't it? Wash your hands before you eat; it's it's better for your health. But this had become something that was so significant and so important that it really began to be viewed as a sin. If you don't wash your hands before you eat, you're in rebellion against God. That was the thought. And so now Jesus' disciples are are eating without washing their hands and there's this controversy that arises. And here's what Jesus says about it. It's not what 
you put into your body that defiles you, but it's what comes out of you. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. What Jesus is saying is that it's possible to be very focused on that which is external and really believe that the external is what determines the condition of the internal. But the reality of the situation is that what's on the inside will come out and what comes out of a person is really what proves what's on the inside. Now, how often have we been guilty, and, and I'll admit that I've been guilty of this, at sometimes putting so much focus on the external issues of life, the outward appearance, we could call it, and maybe even failing to recognize the need of the heart, bringing this to the issue of our children. I have seen many kids raised in church, raised under Bible preaching, raised in Christian homes, that outwardly they know how to play the part very well. And if you looked at them and you just, all you were observing was their actions, you would say, well, that's a great kid. That's a kid that loves the Lord. And let me tell you something, parents. I was one of those church kids. I know how to play the part. I knew how to play it, and there were times that I did play it. But remember that God said that man looks on the outward appearance but the Lord looks on the heart. God's looking inside. Now that doesn't mean that the outside doesn't matter. Because the outside is often a reflection of what's inside. It's not that the outside doesn't matter. It's not that the externals don't matter. But what does matter is what's on the inside is of greater significance than what's on the outside. Because that which is on the outside is simply the fruit of what's on the inside. And so the problem, the root problem, is the heart. So, for instance, if my child disobeys me, that is a problem. But the, the, the disobedience in itself is not the only problem. The disobedience is evidence that there's something wrong in the heart. Now, the disobedience needs to be addressed. It needs to be dealt with because the expectation is you're in my home. You're under my authority. You need to submit. And I teach my kids this all the time. I tell them this all the time. You need to learn to submit to me because someday you need to learn to submit to God. And if you don't learn to submit to the authority that God's put in your life when you're little, you're not going to learn to submit to his authority when you're out from underneath mine. And so you need to learn to submit. Obedience matters, but understand this, obedience, outward obedience ought to come from a heart of submission and surrender. We're in church on a Sunday night. That's a wonderful thing. I'm glad that you're here. But did you know that it's possible to be here in body, but for your heart not to be in it? For you to not truly be engaged in worshiping the Lord. That's very possible. How do I know that? Because I've been there. I know what it is to come to church and to put on uh, the clothing and to put on the smile and and, and to sing the songs and to sit and listen and even take notes during the preaching and go through all the motions, but not be there in my heart. What was Jesus' rebuke to the Pharisees? He said, these people draw nigh to me with their lips, but he said, their heart is far from me. 
In vain they do worship me. God's looking inside and he's looking at the heart and he says, no, 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 it's not what you put in your body that's going to defile you. It's what comes out of you. And so God is concerned with the heart. And parents, can I encourage you? You ought to be concerned with the heart of your children. Just because your children are compliant does not mean that they are where they need to be. There are some children, it's, it's amazing how different they are. If you, I've, I've, I'm in the process of raising a few. And uh, the, the thing is, they're all so different. Their personalities are different. And there are some that are just, they'll make you want to pull your hair out some days. And there are others who are very compliant. They're, they're easy in terms of the day-to-day -day life. But did you know that my concern for my easy children is just as great as my concern for my difficult children? Because the issue isn't just outward compliance. It's, it's the heart. It's the heart. It's so important. Out of it are the issues of life. And so with this in mind then, the importance of the heart, when, when Solomon here is speaking to his son, he says, my son, give me thine heart. This is what he's saying. I don't want you to just do what I say. I want you to embrace the truth that I'm trying to teach you. I want you to pursue after wisdom. I want you to follow the Lord and obey the Lord in your life. I want you to submit to Him. And then I want to show you something else. The heart, loyalty of heart, is not a given. It's something that must be gained. What did he say in Proverbs 23 where we were? He said, my son, give me thine heart. In other words, he's making it clear and he's making it obvious or, or known that I'm aware, in other words, that you can know all of the right things but not choose to embrace them. And so I am asking you as an act of your will and your choice to give me your heart. Entrust me with your heart. And, and, and the, turn your heart toward me and follow in my ways. What does he say in verse 26? He says, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. One of the things we talked about several weeks ago was the fact that if we want our children to embrace truth and to follow after the Lord, that we must first set the example that we have to be fully committed to following the Lord. How many kids have we seen that have turned away from uh, from the Lord and walked out of a scriptural church because in their mind uh, it was all a bunch of hypocrites. They saw a double life in the lives of people in the church or at times sadly in the home. They saw an example where mom and dad lived a certain way at church and in front of God's people in a different way at home and they acted like they were so spiritual around the church people and then they got home and Dad had a short temper and mom was always yelling and they weren't really separated and they used language at home that they wouldn't have used around other people. And I'm just saying on and on and on. They saw something different and that hypocrisy drove them away. But here is a, a father that's looking for the heart of his child, for his son, and he says, let, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. I want you to follow I want you to follow the example that I'm setting for you. Parents, are you setting an example that's worth following?
But then I want you to notice this also. Go over to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, chapter number 4, that they can come and talk to you, and that you'll listen, and that you value them, and, uh, and value time with them. So we, we, we talked about the importance of the heart, the fact that the heart must be something that's gained, that trust has to be given. It's not something that we can, that we can just automatically... Uh, that we, we don't just automatically have that. It must be given to us. But then lastly, I just want to say and just for a moment turn to the young people here, children and teenagers and young people, as well as the adults that are here, the heart, because it is so important, is something that must be guarded. Your heart must be guarded. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 23, we read it earlier, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Because the heart is so diligent, or, or, or is so important, he said we are to keep it with diligence. We are to guard it. We are to protect it. And the world is a place that there are a lot of things vying for your affection. There are a lot of movements and agendas and materialism and entertainment and a, and and substances and all kinds of different things that are vying for your allegiance and your commitment. Protect your heart. Guard your heart. Because out of it are the issues of life. Don't give your heart to the things of this world. The Bible tells us that we're to set our affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Tonight we're going to celebrate with Joseph as he officially graduates from high school in his homeschool career. And to Joseph and to all of the young people here, can I just encourage you, give your heart to God. Follow Him. Commit yourself to Him. Follow in His ways. For those who are still in their parents' home, under mom and dad's authority, can I encourage you, give your heart to your parents. Trust them. Follow their leadership. Follow their direction. You may not always understand. But trust that they have your best interest in mind and at heart. And that they're trying to lead you to do right. And to walk in wisdom. And so to the parents, I just want to say, let's get the hearts of our children. Let's pray for them. Let's invest in them. Let's, let's give our time to them, our affection, our attention. I'm not saying, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that we, we don't need to train our children to do right. Future weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the ins and outs of child training, what the Bible has to say about that. And it is important. God expects children to obey their parents. Do you know that? He said it's the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long on the earth. God actually attaches long life with obedience to parents. God's serious about that. He wants our children to obey, but friends, it doesn't stop there. Compliance, obedience isn't enough. We, we need them to embrace the truth. And in order to do that, we need to get their heart. But young people, give your heart to your parents. Give your heart to the Lord and follow Him and walk in obedience to the Lord. I promise you, the world will try to convince you that it has something to offer that you're missing out on. You're not. It's all empty and vain, I promise you. Uh, and it leaves you wanting, it leaves you with sorrow. People all across this room could give testimony 
about following after things of the world because they looked like fun. They were shiny objects that drew them in and it left them with long-term scars and griefs and pains. Avoid it. Give your heart to the Lord. Set your affection on things above, not on things in the earth. And as we heard in the, the song, the special this morning, you'll be satisfied with Jesus. There's never a time that he's going to let you down or you're going to be disappointed in giving your life to him.